Hello, this is Made Musings podcast, the podcast that focuses on everyday issues, illnesses, and disabilities that affect everyday people. Find us anywhere you listen to your podcast and on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Made Musings. Please subscribe. I would like to express my gratitude to the Women of Color Podcasters for sponsoring this episode. Women of Color Podcasters Insiders is a podcasting membership that helps to expand podcasting skills and also grow your audience and income. Reach in resources, opportunities, and connections every month. Members join live workshops with guest experts, offering small accountability groups, co-working and networking solutions to questions, and you also have access to websites, designers, and Instagram strategies. Women of Color podcasters have helped me grow and develop as a podcaster connecting me with their community of over 4,000 women in 75 countries worldwide. Thank you again. And if you are new to podcasting or you are an existing podcaster, Women of Color Podcasters is the right place to be. Connect with them today. My guest is Ashley Fontes. And on this episode, we're talking about experience with bipolar disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. So, welcome to the Make Musings podcast, Ashley. Thank you very much. Can you please give us a bit of background information and let our listeners that don't know anything about you know a bit about you in your own words. I am a mother of three. I am a yoga teacher and I am a lover of dogs. I have three dogs, including a new little puppy. So that's a tiny bit of of background of me. I live in Bakersfield, California. And like the rest of the country right now, it is perfectly sunny. I know. Being a mother is a full-time job with three kids and three dogs as well. My children count the dogs as their siblings. Oh, that's so sweet. Tell us about your bipolar. How long have you had that? I've had bipolar actually since I had my children. I got bipolar when I was pregnant with my first child. Actually, after my first child, we thought it was postpartum depression. It just continued to get worse. After each child, I would start having severe depression. And then I'd have these amazing manic sessions where I became the most efficient person in the world. And within a month, I would have my entire house completely reorganized. I would, I think I, would, I thought I was going to move. And so I would pack up my entire house and my house is not that big, but I mean, I would have my entire house completely in boxes Wow! within like a week. I would, I would completely go through. I'd have my house in boxes. 
and I was looking for houses and I had already decided that we were going to buy this next house. And that would last for about three weeks. Um, and then I'd be back in a depressive state where I could not get out of bed. I could not, I wasn't crying. I wasn't a weepy depressed. I was a, I'm staying in bed for 16, 17 hours a day. I was not able to get out of bed to take care of my children. I had to have my mother come out and help take care of my children, or I'd have to have my babies in bed with me. I was a co-sleeper to make sure that I could, I could feed my children when they were babies. It was, it was serious depression. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's extreme. Like your bipolar only started after the birth of your first child and you would think that you were going to move and start boxing your whole house in 10 days. Very extreme. Yeah. So what sort of support did you have at this time? I have an amazing support system. At that time, before I was diagnosed, I had my husband, who is incredible. And then I had my husband's family, who is also incredible. They allowed us to come over. They supported. They didn't know what I was going through, but they allowed us to come over weekly. And they kind of helped take care of the baby. But at the same time, they enabled me to be depressed and to be, to just continue on doing what, not helping me get better. Yeah. Just being yourself. Just being depressed. They didn't, there is no idea that, Hey, look, you should probably get some help. And my mother wondered if I needed help. I mean, I also was spending hundreds of dollars a week. I wasn't, which we wondered if it was a bit excessive but I wasn't spending thousands of dollars and we, I had my own job. So we were able to have that in our budget and we set that aside in our budget. That's how I made myself happy was spending this extra money. That's just what I did. I spent money to make myself happy. Okay. What were the things that you were buying? <laughs> I bought a Dyson vacuum. <laughs> I bought a stroller. <laughs> Those don't sound abnormal. Exactly. I bought things that were like useful in the house. I didn't buy, you know, two hundred dollars shoes. I didn't buy, you know, I didn't buy normal things that you would think for. No, I bought things that were useful around the house. I bought like an eighty dollar blender. Um, I bought, I bought things that I could use and that were useful in the house. Such a weird, I'm such a weird person when it comes to spending money. It's useful stuff. So how was this recognized as bipolar? How was it diagnosed? Did you have consultation with a medical practitioner or how did you know that you had bipolar? Well, getting it diagnosed as bipolar was a very long process. My mom suggested that I go see a therapist after my second child. And she first diagnosed me as bipolar, which we weren't sure. None of us really believed it was bipolar because we didn't think my manic sessions or my spending was so outrageous. 
that it classified as bipolar. So we kind of brushed that off and we we're like, no, I'm not really bipolar. I'm just depressed. And then we kind of went back and forth. And then I was diagnosed as OCD. And then finally, with my last doctor recently, we realized that my bipolar started acting up more frequently. And I had two or three bipolar sessions a year. And we realized that, no, I, I really am bipolar. I've been treated for bipolar for the last five years, but we finally recognized that I am bipolar the last two years. But it's just been an interesting process. Each doctor that I talk to is either you're bipolar or, oh, no, you're not bipolar or you're bipolar or no, you're not bipolar. They just can't make up their minds. Oh, yeah. That must be confusing for you as well. Because- it's been very confusing. And it's, been, it's made a lot of people in my support system very mad because they're just like, why can't they decide? If you're bipolar or not. This is why I say doctors themselves are humans, so they can only go by what they know and they well, see. They only go by what they know, and I don't have your typical bipolar symptoms. Like I don't spend, like I said, like I spend stuff on practical stuff. I I buy I buy stuff for my children. I buy stuff for the house. I I don't go out and buy a car. I don't go out and buy 50 pairs of shoes. I, you know, things that normal bipolar people will go out and spend money on. I don't do that. I spend money on more practical things, but I may go out and spend a thousand dollars in one week when I'm on a manic session or spend $2,000 in two weeks. I have a very, when I'm in a manic session, I am very free with money. I just go out and spend money with no restriction. And that's where the bipolar kicks in. That must have been difficult though. Do people around you or in your bubble, as is popularly used now, understand how OCD affects you? Oh, my husband hates it. <laughs> he knows he can't control it. So do you get to return the things that you buy if you buy anything that is not within your budget? Um, I, yes. Okay. We are in a decent amount of debt because I buy plenty of things that are not within my budget. Um, mm. And they're not big things. They're just little things. They're, you know, $100, $100 things. Or, you know, my puppy, she's my, she's my latest splurge. She was not within my budget, but my husband wanted her enough that he finally relented and let me buy my puppy so you've got three dogs now and a puppy that's like full yes and then she goes and breaks her leg so she becomes even more expensive oh that's so expensive but if you can afford it well a dog needs a home a puppy needs a home so you're giving love that that dog needs and that puppy also needs some love so that's the way i see it and the puppy still found a home. No, and we, we adopt all of our dogs. We, we've adopted each dog from somebody who has not been able to, to take care of their dogs. See why so, now? Yeah, you're still contributing your quota to the society, being kind to an animal. It's an animal, but at the end of the day, it needs a home. It does need a home. And we live with each of our dogs, but... Like I said, I've, each of our dogs has been outside, 
has been something we've not budgeted for. Um, and each have been a manic, a manic buy. So since these uh, diagnoses now, how have you been managing with either it's bipolar or OCD? Because it's like two things at the end of the day. It's either bipolar, you have a bit of OCD, and then you have a bit of bipolar. How have you been coping? It is so tiring. And it's actually really, my husband's a little frustrated because my OCD therapist, when it comes to spending money, is like, do you know what? Spend whatever you want because you're focusing on your OCD. You need a, you need an outlet. Just forget about it and just spend whatever you want. Um, so my husband's like, seriously? It doesn't sound like practical advice, but she's worried about, you know, her thing is um, she's worried about my OCD. Mm. So her focus is my OCD and not my bipolar, as opposed to a bipolar therapist who's trying to rein in my bipolar side. My, I have two different therapists that are doing two different things. Tell me some of the ways you have coped with OCD through the pandemic. Um, I'm on a lot of different medication for my OCD. Okay. Um, and for the most part, my OCD has been handled pretty well, but... COVID really has taken a big toll on my OCD. Recently, it's gotten worse. And I, I've gotten to the point where I'm constantly stressed. I constantly am on edge. And I just, I can't relax. Even as a yoga instructor, do you practice yoga when you find you getting stressed. Does that work for you or what, what, what do you do when that happens? So I am the worst at home yoga instructor. I will tell you that there's my little hidden in the closet secret. When I am, I go through beautiful phases of, of being really good yoga instructor and practicing and having the most beautiful practice at home. And then when I am depressed and when my OCD strikes, you can't get me off my couch. You can't get me out of my bed. I can't practice. It's, it's awful. And I know it's going to help me, but you can't get me on my mat. It's, it drives me insane. I haven't been able to practice for the last month. Um, it's been really sad. I practice in my dreams. I have great practice in my dreams. I just had a dream last night where I was practicing twists and backbends, but usually my practice does help when I'm in the middle of OCD, I can maybe get one or two poses in. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that because it seems like you are normally like an energetic person and Mm -hmm. for you to be shut down like that, it must be really, really difficult for you. But Mm -hmm. um, are there things that help when you get that way? I'm actually a children's writer. So I, um, when I was taking an OCD intensive down at UCLA, I started writing poetry and 
I started writing. And when I came home, that became a really therapeutic outlet for me during my depression times and during my really high stress OCD times. I could just, something I could do, I could sit down and I could just let my brain wander. And so I've written a couple of children's stories. I've written children's stories about yoga. I've written children's stories about historic places that I like to visit. And right now I'm working on trying to get them published. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. You're distressing in a constructive way. That's really beautiful to know. But um, are there other things that help you get through this period other than maybe the writing, maybe listening to a relaxing piece of music? Music is very helpful. Music, I've was, I've played music my whole life. I grew up playing the clarinet. And so music has always been something that I go back to. I love listening to piano music. I love listening to instrumental music. It's very comforting, very soothing. But also one of the things that helps the most is laughter. Um, my husband, I've known him for years. We met in high school. One thing he's been able to do our entire life is make me laugh. That's nice. Um, I love that. So, you know, there's a lot of things that my, especially during this COVID time, my kids don't get to do. But the one thing I hope they always remember is that we're a family that laughs. And we play together. And if there's anything else that, you know, my husband's able to do is we can sit down. When I'm stressed, I can talk to him. And he's always going to be able to make me laugh. That's probably one of the most helpful things is just being next to him. That's because he understands your illness. He's able to help you when you are shutting down. And that is so great. I mean, that's the kind of support that is really needed, especially during this pandemic. I mean, not a lot of people get that opportunity. I am one of the most fortunate people in the world to have the support that I have. And I am very grateful. I, I feel very blessed. I was given a support system that many people could only dream of. And if I didn't have this, I don't know where I would be without it. I try to make sure that I show the, my gratitude each day for my support system. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this. Um, do you have any advice or anything you want to let people out there in similar situation as you maybe with the bipolar or the OCD, what can you say to them? So OCD is something you have to take every moment. You can't look at it as a big picture. You have to break it down. You have to go moment, second by second. And then you have to give yourself a rest. You can't try to take it. You can't do it all at one time. Once you've reached a certain point, you know, let yourself release, let yourself have a moment and just try to relax. When I'm on edge the other day, I was on edge for about an hour 
And I finally decided to indulge in my OCD and escape for a good couple hours. And even though I knew that was the wrong thing to do, it's what I had to do. It's what I needed to do in order to survive the rest of the day. That's exactly the way anxiety and some mental illnesses affect you. And you you just do what you need to do at that point in time. If it's shopping, that's why I actually say, okay, well, as long, you're not spending too much. I know you said it's left you in a bit of debt, but that's also another reason why I asked if you are able to return things that you don't need. Yeah, I return so much that I buy. I am, as long as I don't buy it on Amazon. I try to buy, I try to purchase in-store stuff. Like Target, I am brilliant at returning stuff to Target. (laughs) As long as it's still within the the time to return the goods, that's fine. Um, Uh Uh-huh. No, they're great. And I think they even extended their time to return stuff. No, that's brilliant. And yeah, it's whatever you need to do. As you say, it's something that you need to evaluate how you're feeling each minute, each hour, each second. So things change. Uh, you don't even know when, when you switch between emotions, you know, but you just realize, oh, yeah, oh, I was feeling a bit depressed that now I'm a bit happier and I can get off this sofa and I can get off this bed or I can even have a shower, you know. Those are things that need to be understood about mental illnesses like this because it requires a lot of mental strength to push yourself to do things, to even eat, to even get through any day. And that's why I really appreciate the fact that your husband understands what you're going through and he supports you and you have like his family and your family to also support you. So this is why we need to be kinder to each other. You might not know, but that person standing next to you on the aisle, in the shop, on the street, could be going through a very rough day. So please be kind to other people and just do your bit for humanity thank you i wish i had some magic advice if you can find a therapist if you don't find a good therapist go through 50 therapists until you find a therapist find someone that knows and you feel like understands what you're talking about I've gone through five or six therapists till I found someone that actually understood me and could help me. So don't take your first therapist as the first, as the only therapist you have that has to help you. Yeah, very good advice. Like this is like from your own experience, you went through (laughs) six therapies before you found the one that was right for you. So don't just stick to the very first person that you see that says they're a therapist because they might not even be somebody that specializes in, in that particular illness that relates to you. So you need to just keep looking until you find the right person for you. 
it's just like when you're dating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You don't just see all oh, the first person that comes along. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get married to him. You might be. Yes. Yeah. But, well. You want a therapist that you're willing to date and stay married to. Hmm. You're giving him a lot of personal information. To, yeah, continue until you actually find, oh, yeah, this is the perfect person for me. He understands what I'm talking about. He understands my mood. He understands what I'm talking about. When, when I say I'm tired, he knows what needs to be done. When I mm-hmm. say I have strength, he knows that, okay, yes, he doesn't really need to push me today. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your information and your yoga um business if anybody wants to follow you do you have any social media handles i do so my social media handles are read and yoga so right now like i said i haven't been doing i've been on a down on a depression side so this last month i haven't been very active but I have a lot of stuff up on my social media about yoga with children. That's what I specialize in. How to do yoga with children, activities to do with children, uh, some videos with my children and yoga. So, but everything's at Read and Yoga. R-E-A-D-A-N-D-Y-O-G-A. Okay. And it's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. I have readingyoga.com. It's on Facebook. Thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate you opening up about this because these are things that people don't really know about. You don't know when somebody is struggling and you don't know when you're saying something wrong to them. They might just be using the last strength in them for that day. And you just do something or say something that is not right at that time. And you push them over the edge. Thank you so much. Well, thank much. you for giving me this chance to talk to you. I, I love having an ability to talk about these struggles because, as you just said, you never know how you're going to be able to help someone. Yeah. And that's something I want to have a chance to do is help other people through their struggles because I know how other people have inspired me. Thank you for listening. Please download and share with your friends and family and on social media platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, IAT Radio, Listening Notes, Podchaser, GoodPods, Radio Public, Stitcher, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Himalaya, and anywhere you listen to your podcast, please leave a review, comments, or feedback on our social media platforms on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also on our website www.podbean.com. Thank you very much.